Hello and welcome to the First Take Film Club podcast. After an extended break, we are back with season three, episode one, and we are very well rested after the, uh, well, quite extended Christmas break. Um, today's movie is another corker. We've kind of dug one out of the uh, back catalogue. Um, but before that, let me introduce you to my esteemed co-hosts, Liam Jones and Connor Norcott. Liam Jones, man, how are you? I'm good. Very, very happy to be back. Tired. I feel like I've forgotten how to how to podcast, so uh, <laughs> I feel like I might be a little bit rusty. So if I uh, if I stumble, if I slur my words, <laughs> just forgive me. Just forgive yeah. me. I'll be better next week. I promise. <laughs> That's good to hear, Connor. Mate, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It feels like a long time since we've done this, and even done it in person, it's been even longer. Like every time I, the last time I saw you, and probably every time I saw you, look, I was hungover, and it's it's been a while since that happened. So. <laughs> I think I'm feeling good. I think that's the new normal for me is not being hungover doing the podcast. Yeah, I I was freaking. I was on a call last night with my mates and um, like I just haven't drank properly since like Halloween. Like I haven't been bladders, and I just I miss it a bit. Like I, I, part of me loves it how fresh I feel, but I don't even feel like that much fresher. Like I'd rather just feel less fresh and be drunk outside than I feel <laughs> remotely fresh. So, um, but anyway, enough about our uh, alcohol, uh, well, not addictions, but our alcohol situations. Um, so yeah, just in case you've never heard the pod before, the premise is really simple. Each week we watch a movie that one, two or three of us have never seen before. And then we just talk about it on air and discuss how we feel about it and what we liked and what we disliked and, and everything in between. Um, and this week's episode, as I said earlier, is a little bit of a corker. Um, probably one of the greatest war movies of all time. But it is uh, Steven Spielberg's three-hour behemoth uh, saving Private Ryan. Um, it's my first take, um, and it's a movie that I've just basically put off watching for just the longest time because I'm not a massive war movie guy, really. Um, but I do love Tom Hanks, and I absolutely love Steven Spielberg. So I suppose it's one I should have got around to watching. Um, how are you guys feeling about uh, about talking about this film? It's quite quite a big boy, isn't it? I um, I think I messaged you guys. I genuinely uh, f- forgot most of this film. I don't think I've watched it for years. Probably like I was probably too young when I first watched it. And I too, uh, Luke, I'm not a big uh, war movie fan. I'm all about you know make love, not war. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, well, you know. uh, I, I just don't like. I just don't like war films. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe I'm a pacifist. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, I just really, really don't like war movies. They don't interest me at all. But Spielberg in it, um, and it, and it is a great film. It is a great film. Like I feel like that's how I know if a, a war movie is good because I'm so disinterested that then I will like it. Like, my mm-hmm. dad can sit there and watch any old shite, like any old, like, B-movie war film, you know, and, and he'll love it. He'll think it's the best thing he's watched, you know, all year. But I can't sit there and watch films like that. So um, it is just Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks just doing their thing, and it is great. It really it's is. really great. It really is. Uh, Connor, are you feeling similar? or I am, you know. This is one of the... I don't, I don't know if I love war films either, but I, I've watched a lot of them, like a whole lot of them. It's one of those that I think I'd seen it so many times that I kind of almost wasn't aware of a lot of things that happened in it. Like all the big moments I remembered, but like the smaller kind of character moments are the things that really hooked me this time. And yeah, man, I want to talk about it because I've been a long time denier of the the Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg 
relationship power that they have and you know what i was wrong they're just the best they are the best and we'll talk about it in a minute i guess yeah absolutely we will do um so before we just get onto that really quickly i thought we well we usually have an opening question uh, and we usually have the news um but as this is like a a new year new us situation maybe we'll just stir stay a little bit clearer the news because well there's not a lot but i imagine there's other places you can go to get your movie news um i just wanted to ask you guys if you just got anything that you wanted to get off your chest i mean preferably about films but like just in general about life if you want um i like yeah anything you've been watching i mean i've i've um over lockdown i just have not watched barely any new films and i think with us just talking about the pod and getting back into the pod and just discussing how things are going to go like it's just really inspired me to like just want to watch some new things um so i obviously watched saving private ryan that's my first take and we'll discuss that shortly but i also watched soul which is something that i picked the pixar movie that i just i just can't believe that i didn't watch earlier um Mm -hmm. but again i think it's that the deepness of it all and kind of like the how, how philosophical it is um and I just like it, man. I just like Pixar. You know, nine times out of ten, they nail it, regardless of whether the film's any good. At least, like they've got good intentions, and and it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I just kind of think it's worth talk, not well, not talking about too long, but just saying how like there's just lots of lovely stuff Pixar. Do we've and... um, we've all seen it, haven't we? You've seen you've seen Soul, haven't you, Liam? Yeah, I watched it on Christmas that... Day with my mum oh, and dad. Oh, that's lovely. That is great. That is lovely. Yeah, it's one of those films that I think. I really enjoyed. I don't really enjoy films like that often. I think Inside Out is the big one for me. It's the one I think is like, yeah. it's just the most genius thing I've ever seen in my life, really. But um, it's Pete Doctor, isn't it? The same guy who did yeah. he did this and did um, did Inside Out. And yeah, Pete Doctor. It's one of those that, guy. yeah, it kind of just caught me off guard with how much I got invested in it. Yeah. And then it kind of became it kind of you know there was kind of like a Twitter, not backlash. But just a discussion basically happened about yeah. you know the ethics of that film and the whole conversation around it. I just was fully into, and I think similar to you, Luke, where I wasn't really watching a lot of films at the time. But as soon as I watched that and the conversation got involved in the conversation, I thought, "Oh, I'm going to get back into this." You know, oh. I've missed films. I'm really, I'm really here for this. And since then, I've just been watching everything. Like we've had to put off doing the podcast for a while because I've I've moved places and I don't have any Wi-Fi yet. I still don't really, but we're going to make it work. And um, I've been going through all the Blu-rays that I own and all this stuff. And I realized like, I just thought I'd do a big Stanley Kubrick watch through. And I don't really, I don't really love him. And I feel like that's kind of blasphemous to say that if you're a film student, but I think I was wrong again. Uh, I think he's pretty good, you know, (laughs) believe it or not, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks and Stanley Kubrick are actually pretty good at what they do. I think also like you're, you're allowed to like, change how you feel yeah, like, you know yeah, especially totally, as you get totally. older i mean i think I, I haven't seen many kubrick films myself and it's just because i'm just like yeah like i'm not that bothered really and i will be mm-hmm. at one point i imagine but you know they are you know that's something you watch when you're like 14 15 like you know they're they they're more mature ideas aren't they a little bit and and um, so. it's fine to change your, your opinion i think mm-hmm. champion that you know what is really frustrating me at the minute is because i love uh, award season and I love mm-hmm. what, going to the cinema to watch those films and obviously same. we can't do that but at the same time like w- we can't even access them yet it's like they keep putting them off and putting them off um, I know the uh, the Carrie Mulligan film what, uh, I can't think what it's called Promising Young Woman yeah see that was meant to that was actually meant to uh, come on VOD in the UK maybe like three weeks ago and they postponed it again um, 
you got Nomadland, Judas and the Black uh, and the uh, Black Messiah and Minari. All these like amazing films that we just can't watch. Uh, mm. The one one of them that I have watched, which has been floating around uh, the uh, the award season kind of uh, conversation, is um, Rosamund Pike's film. I care a lot. Uh, she's Ooh. been nominated for a Golden Globe for that. It's yeah. on Amazon Prime. That's why I watched it. It's gone straight to Prime. It's yeah. really, really, really interesting film. She works for like a uh, um, a company that kind of take on elderly people who have no family. Um, but what she does is kind of exploits them and tries to I'm rid them of their money. This. Oh, um, already. Not because but, I don't but, like elderly people, but you know, honestly, the <laughs> setup. <laughs> This this the setup is crazy because you've got her, she's she's a real bad person and then she tries to take on this this old lady and she's not what she seems and it's like then then things just this escalate from there and it's so so good yes, it's so man. good it was just refreshing to watch a film that um, being able to actually watch a film that is being talked about in the kind of uh, Oscar buzz or Golden Globe buzz I know Golden mm-hmm. Globes you know people don't really you know take to really. They are a bit naff. I mean, James Corden's been nominated for one, but you know, you know, that, that's that's a different conversation. Well, in terms of fil- other films as well, I've not, I, I've, I don't know. After Christmas, where I like in the month of December, I watched so many films, and then it comes to January, and I think I watched like maybe five films that whole month, which is like yeah, that. That's not like the, you at all. There's the fewest films I've watched uh, in a month for about three or four years. Since before we uh, started the podcast, which has been about what two and a half years or something crazy like that. Two years, I think. Yeah. I think I think out of all of us, you're the most. You'll watch. You 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 just watch. You know, you watch a lot of films, don't you? So that is quite surprising. Whereas, like, it's not unsurprising for me to be like, oh yeah, I haven't really watched anything new. I just watch Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmares, and like, and like, I feel like Con like just picks his moments, and we'll have like binges of certain genres or directors. And you are like quite a film person, so that's quite it's quite surprising. Maybe it's just I've, like life and like yeah. I've been watching a lot of TV shows, which I think is kind of like easier to like squeeze into like a busy work schedule and stuff, isn't it? Like if yeah. you mm-hmm. if you've got an hour free, you can just watch a TV show. Um, what have I been watching recently? I've started The West Wing. That's pretty cool. Oh, Ted nice. Lasso. I binged. That's I on that's uh, like- Apple TV. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really, on my list. really good. It's, it's on my list, but I just haven't got around to it yet. Something else is, I think I, there's another limited series I watched as well, which I can't, can't recall. But I know this is a, a, a film podcast, but I just want to mention WandaVision, right? Because... I knew you were going to. I'm surprised. Honestly, when you were talking about TV shows, I was like, yeah. as if this was the first thing you, you, you mentioned. Um, all the listeners can get their first type bingo cards out. 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes before Marvel's mentioned. So yeah, take that one off. <laughs> honestly i think it is i don't want to say revolutionary because that's a bit much but in terms of like television and and, and what it is and what it, what it's becoming i think mm-hmm. it's like a huge kind of kind of stepping stone to like what tv can do and it's i don't think there's there's ever been this real connection between tv and film until now I know, like there has been spin-off shows from films and what and what have you, but like this is a show that is almost essential viewing to to then go and watch, you know, the the biggest film franchise in the world right now. So mm-hmm. that, that that's huge, yeah. and I think as well they've not just kind of uh, 
they've not just copped out and you know done a done a like a kind of split of ordinary always yeah yeah it's not an ordinary uh storytelling technique it's it's interesting it's kind of experimental and it's like it's quite deep and moving and it tackles some subjects that i don't know marvel probably haven't really tackled before as well and i don't know it's just really interesting to see that they are they are going down that route but i i guess then in, in another sense they, they have so much money and and they kind of have that have that um that kind of chance they can take that chance can't they to kind of go down that experimental route because if it doesn't pay off then oh well we'll just make another tv show but I think because we're not here to talk about <laughs> TV or, 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 or shit like that, I think we should move on to the film. Oh, I've got an opening question. I actually just want, like, honestly, two uh, words from you here, like, like super quick. Um, have you both seen the opening question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah good. Uh, so opening question, we do this every week. Uh, usually we spend a little bit longer talking about it, but I just I thought it was nice to just get a little recap and a refresh at the beginning of this episode. So we'll do this really quickly. Opening question this week, really simple one. Who is your favourite director? Who is your favourite movie director? Uh, I'll go with Connor. It is and always will be, I think. it's Well, for an eye anyway. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson's my guy. He just is. I love him to bits. Every film he's made is a banger. And I kind of, there were some I didn't really jive with, but, you know, with this no, no Wi-Fi gate and owning all of his films, oh, man, they are, they're all just awesome i love them all so much that's absolutely sick uh liam mate who's your favorite director i wrote 16 names down luke <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> i'm not gonna lie uh i know you want a quick answer okay but there's <laughs> only so, so quick of... 16 names can go <laughs> so okay so honorable mentions i'm just gonna give three honorable mentions okay to spike lee spike jones and martin scorsese because you know, obviously, but I think probably my favorite uh, director at the minute um, is Damien Chazelle. I know he's not got a, a, a huge catalog, but to uh, you know, start your career with Whiplash, which is my favorite film uh, of all time, um, and then follow that with La La Land, which is might be like one of my favorite musicals, and then follow that up with First Man, like it's a, a really interesting character-based space flick. Um, uh, just incredible, like mm -hmm. incredible, incredible uh, filmmaker. Um, and he's really good at kind of blending genres. And it, it is kind of eye for like a little nice little intense scene as well. He, he, I don't know. He's, I think he's a genius. I think he, he will. Works. Yeah. I think he will just in, in like 20 years time, I think we'll be chatting about him as one of the greats because I, I think, you know, your first three films are stellar, in, incredible films. Um, so, I mean, he's probably going to hit out of the park every time. I mean, there might be one dud in the way, but who cares? Good, good answer. Um, I, they are, um, I think I thought Scorsese would come up definitely because, like, he just has just so many good films. Really, he's the so, boy. Um, my, my, I, I'm going in two directions. So even though I'm telling you I wanted two answers, two words, I've gone on that anyway. So, um, so my actual favourite um, is uh, just Steven Spielberg because I just love like a lot of his films and there's still even sort of a lot that I haven't seen or like a few that I haven't seen. So I'm going to mm. make marks on that. Um, but I just want to, I want to mention to someone who, like I feel like Spielberg, you know his films by just the type of film it is, but not necessarily 
any of like the direction. So mm-hmm. I've kind of also gone with an honorable mention of someone that I think you would notice their movies, and it's Edgar Wright. I just think like when oh, you was- when you watch an Edgar Wright movie, like you you know you kind of know a lot of the techniques and like a lot of the shots and stuff. Um, and I think Baby Driver is just absolutely it's wonderful. so good yeah it's really it is so good it's yeah. really good so they're my, they're my two spielberg is my favorite but honorable mention to edgar right um great right let's let's shoot right into uh saving private ryan it's what you've all turned up for etc etc um so yeah as we mentioned it's um directed by the boy steven spielberg um starring tom hanks as captain miller matt damon as uh, private uh, the private ryan which i didn't know until i came into this movie which was absolutely bananas um <laughs> adam goldberg as private mellish and jeremy davies as corporal upham as well as just like many more names which i just couldn't even fit on the paragraph um the budget for this film was actually was 70 million which i expected it to be more which says a lot about i suppose movies today and a lot about my expectations but uh, box office was 482 million uh, 0.3 million and if you want to check this out it is available on netflix uh, i'm not sure for how long it more but um it is available at the moment so this is just my own first take that's right it's just me yeah it is yeah. yeah yeah we'll get some nods which isn't great for podcasting but yeah i get some nods there so it's just my first take um so i'll just make a bit of a suppose a bit of a summary of the film and just kind of a really quick 30 second summary of how i feel um so if you've not seen it i don't know where you've been i don't know where i've been having not seen it but um the film is about uh tom hanks who as i said earlier is a uh, captain miller um, in World War Two, who uh, gets uh, receives an order to take uh, a team of men to go and find Private Ryan, um, who um, who is in a family of uh, of um, soldiers. His three brothers are soldiers, and they've all been um, killed in action in the same week. Um, so, kind of like the hierarchy in the, the U.S. Army made the decision that to spare um their parents a bit of grief that they should go and find this fourth son and and bring him home safely um for for the mother and that's kind of i suppose the saving private ryan part of of the movie um that's just i think that's all right summary isn't it that's basically what happens isn't it it's a bit like a uh yeah yeah one of them yeah it's an interesting film my my summary is that it was um good probably really good not as good as well, my brother, for example, was like, just couldn't couldn't tell me more to watch this film, even when he didn't know I was doing it for the podcast. He absolutely loved it. Um, I did like it. I, I did really like it, and I would watch it again. But mm-hmm. I just think it was one of them where I just really liked it. Like, I didn't come away from it, like, absolutely buzzing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just good. Like, for me, there's not a lot more I can say about it in terms of my summary. Like, obviously, we'll get on to specific points, and I've got feelings about specific points that and all the feelings are good um but my general feeling was just like yeah that's really good i'm glad i've seen it and yeah i would watch it again next few years maybe but um yeah that's what it is do you um do you want to just share your like just like again really quickly because i just i want to stick to kind of some of the ideas that we've got a little bit later but do you want to just give some of your feelings on the film let's go kind of look like he was kind of getting ready for a big monologue so do you want to just uh just tell us how you feel about the movie connor um, I think it's really, really, really good. And it's a really important movie. And 
it's kind of a movie that I don't think a lot of us have seen Spielberg make before. You know, he's he's an incredibly competent action director. And you just have to look at films like Indiana Jones and stuff like this to know that he can do he can do it all, right? But I don't think I enjoyed it this time round. Wow. And I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. I think it's an incredible film. It's unbelievable. It's, a, it's, a, it's like, as a landmark in filmmaking, it's ridiculous. And we had a question coming about the kind of shaft and it got at the Oscars. It, it did pretty all right for itself and quite a lot of the technical aspects. And I think that's, you know, ultimately really deserved. But there's a lot about it that kind of makes me uncomfortable. And I think that's kind of the point. It's a hard film to love because... Who loves watching <laughs> yeah. a lot of boys get fucking blown up and shot? Yeah. And for someone who's watched a lot of war films and I've written dissertations on war films, especially American ones, it's just left me feeling a bit, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of bleak watching and it's on, it's weird for Spielberg to, to kind of have that. Normally you associate yeah. lovely, heartwarming even jaws jaws reminds me of christmas for a weird reason you know mm-hmm. what i mean um yeah. but saving private ryan man it's it's um it's an experience to watch it and for the first yeah. time i can imagine it can be quite jarring as well um i think i'm like i'm both equally gutted that i didn't see it at the cinema and glad i didn't see it at the cinema mm-hmm. like I, just gonna think we'll touch on it in a second after i've gone to liam but like some of the elements are a little bit upsetting or jarring or like quite a lot and that's like and i think in the cinema with the loud noises and like the real experience it would be amazing but also would probably have actually made me come away being quite yeah. jarred. Five um, times harder. yeah exactly so it's a, it's a weird one uh liam mate how do you uh how do you feel how did you feel about watching it this time um so i always had this kind of thought that it was a really good film but i was a bit kind of like apathetic um, probably because I was so young when I watched it and I was just like, no, it's just a war film. I, I obviously watched it not really knowing about Spielberg, not really knowing about any of the actors in it and just watching a war film, uh, you know, and being kind of intrigued by that. Um, so, yeah, that was like, so revisiting it, probably I'd say a good, I don't know, 12 13 years after watching it for the first time um i think i obviously i appreciate it more this time i think you know obviously i i kind of the the, the technical aspects of the film you know just on their own are incredible the practical effects are so so good uh it kind of the, the scale of it it surprises me that it, you luke you said it was 70 million the budget yeah really surprises yeah. me that because it's just so so good yeah. um in terms of the story i think it is an intriguing one and i was meaning to google whether or not it's based on a true story and i can't remember if it is or not do any of you guys know um i don't know it's it's not based on a true story but there is they talk about the five brothers who were killed in action before and that's what caused them to to try and save private ryan that that story was true but uh, there was right. no ryan or miller or any of those guys but yeah but it is a really interesting aspect and it does kind of propel the characters into this dilemma of, you know, sacrificing yourself for a stranger, but, you know, for the, for the good of, you know, saving almost the, 
the sanity and the family of like a, a poor woman back home um, is really interesting. And it's interesting mm-hmm. that they made the decision, like the actual, the, uh, the captains, the corporals, I don't know, whatever you want to, the, I don't know what you call them. Uh, the <laughs> lieutenants. I don't know. I don't know rankings. Yeah. Who, the the yeah. guy that made the decision to that, that this had to be done. You know, you had to. He needs to be saved and, and brought back home to his mum. I mean, that in itself is quite a bold decision because I think you kind of you do through this film see at times that kind of there's not much care for the soldiers. Really, it's kind of just go out there, put your life on the line, and win the war. Um, and it's kind of interesting to me, it was interesting that no one, like, no one had a clue who this Ryan was. There was no kind of like log of him. You know, it was basically word of mouth that they, they managed to find him, Yeah, which yeah. is, it, it's like, this is a war where people are literally like putting their lives on the line. They're going, they're probably going to die, but you know, most people don't know who a certain person is. It's just kind of a bit bleak really. And um, I, I completely forgot about the cold opening, which is horrifying to say the yeah. least. It's it's really really brutal, but really well done. And I think it's important because you don't really get any other moments like that in the film to that extent where you really understand the brutality of that war. I think as well, like yeah, I think the interesting thing about World War Two films they're different to the Vietnam films because. Vietnam is like an unjust war, whereas World War Two, the you know, with the fighting fascism, the fighting, mm-hmm. you know, the the Nazi rule and whatever. So I think it kind of watching World War Two films, it feels a little bit. I don't feel as dirty watching a World War Two film because the war feels almost just. Yeah. It, to put it frankly, whereas you know, Vietnam wars, justifiable wars. I know we're not having a conversation about no, but this which, is something, what wars are right, but this is something I find really difficult this time because my I, when I was in in doing my undergrad or whatever, my dissertation was on how America presents America in the Vietnam War, and when I was watching this this time, with all that information in, already kind of in the, in my head, I had to kind of separate the two things, the two you know historical events from each other because sometimes I was watching Saving Private Ryan at least the first half hour after the the horrible heroin opening where they're showing you know this awesome sniper pulling off all these shots and it's all slow-mo and he's doing it's cut really quickly and he's doing this speech about god and stuff and i was like this is jingoistic as fuck this is like yeah america 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 and then i thought i hate that aspect of it so do i but then that completely is gone by the end of it and i was like oh this is actually really really good filmmaking here because Spielberg's kind of made one of the best modern war films and anti-war film. And I, you know, if he wasn't already the greatest, that's another argument. He's just such a fucking good director, man. I think that what you say there about um, making one of the great modern war films and not being a celebration of war, um, mm-hmm. that brings us really well onto like, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to split, almost split the pod into three sections just because it's kind of easier for us to just go at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do storyline and story first and like kind of the points we've got on that and then we'll talk about performances and then later on we'll just talk about technical um, yeah. I think what you say there about um, it kind of being an anti-war movie that's from the very start so the first scene is them entering the beach 
And I was just, well, no, one of the first scenes at the beginning is they're yeah. entering the beach after we've seen the kind of the, the guy at the, at the grave, the gravestones. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they're just going to war and there's just people being shot at, people being, you know, it's, it is so jarring and mm-hmm. I didn't expect that at all. Like I even text my mates being like, oh, this is quite the beginning because like you're literally just seeing like people literally being blown up. And I know that sounds like, that's not an exaggeration that you you're watching that and it's yeah. it's you don't see like you, you, you the way it's gr- how graphic it is at the beginning especially you don't see that in war movies often or or especially war movies that are like glamorizing or at least just using yeah. war yeah. As, as as something to look up to so like you may see yeah you'll see explosions you'll see people getting shot but it's all like very amateur dramatic it's all very Surface yeah it's all very surface level here you're like there's a scene where you see a guy holding his intestines and yeah. someone who's like had their leg blown like you're seeing these things as if you're in the war and it's so heavy gear that for me was like i wouldn't have had had it any other way and when you say about it being surprising oh like, yeah well, i keep forgetting film. this is this is your first time yeah, so, so i, I what was that? What was that like? Because was, I, I knew about it and I had watched it obviously four or five times, and then watching it this time, I was like, "This is a hard watch." It was really difficult, and like not in a way where like I've had difficult watches before, not many for the pod where I've gone like I might have to turn this off. Like it's really hitting me, mm-hmm. not in that way. Just like it's fifteen to twenty minutes solid of just watching these people who like yeah you've not got any relationship with them at the moment because you, you know it's the beginning of the film. But like, on a surface level, everyone's just getting blown up and shot, and you know you're seeing like all the all the sea run red with blood of like soldiers and and stuff. And especially if you don't like really watch war films anyway, like you're going in like at the deep end there. Like it's you know there's a number of names of war films. You're looking like Full Metal Jacket and like Ap- Apocalypse Now. There's a lot of you know there. But if you don't watch, I've never seen any of them really. I watch a few like my dad where I haven't been watching. I'm glad it didn't continue that way in terms of like all the way through. Like there's obviously elements of it all the way like through yeah. as yeah. as I think is good for a war film, but just that 20 minutes where it's just like relentlessly, you know, it's, they are storming the shore and that as they are getting relentlessly shot at and relentlessly fucking soldiers getting killed, it's that unrelenting on the viewer and especially what like uh, we'll talk later about some of the shots and like some of the angles and like just in general that type of thing mm-hmm. so like it makes you feel like obviously this is so disrespectful to say but it makes you feel like you're in the moment and obviously you're not and you fucking never will be and you don't know what it'll feel like but mm-hmm. as close as you can get when you're making a film that's what i i kind of yeah. how i felt um yeah yeah i think um I think, yeah, it, it won best cinematography and I think it won best editing, best sound design. And all those elements, I know we'll come on to technicals later, but that is what makes that first 15 minutes. Because like yeah, you said, you don't know anyone. And we had a question come in, and I wish I could remember whose name it was, asking, it, it, you know, is there a more accurate portrayal of, of war in that first 15 minutes? None of us are at liberty to answer that because none of us have been to war. I've paintballed maybe once or twice, and that's fucking stressful enough. Right? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, yeah, man. It fully. I remember getting the first hit on the helmet. I was like, "I'm dead. This is it. I'm. All, it's all over. I'm not doing this anymore." Um, it, it, it's one of the most jarring experiences I've watched. And like I said, I've watched quite a lot of war films. 
it's between this and Dunkirk for me as like the the kind of madness of it all because Dunkirk you don't know anyone as well but that's through the whole film there's no real diet it's kind of like an almost like an art piece and I don't really love Chris Nolan as listeners will know about this but that film is fucking genius it really is and it's another World War II film and once again you kind of feel like you know there it is all it's justifiable obviously if you can justify war but fucking hell the the brutality of it all on a daily basis and completely spontaneously um, sometimes it comes from nowhere is what's so harrowing about it and it's the same thing in Saving Private Ryan yeah definitely um so as we go on to I think in terms of story like it's quite a self-explanatory one I just want to think about is like realism and real and, and the realistic element of the actual story so where they're going to find mm-hmm. Private Ryan um I don't doubt that similar missions were kind of happened during the war and stuff whether whether it was to this extent um but liam did you it's a it might, it might be different for me because it's my first take so like i have no, i have no i obviously says saving private ryan but i didn't really know it was kind of like almost like a um in that way that 1917 is like a not a travel log but like a someone expanding on a journey a road movie yeah, yeah a road movie <laughs> which is like the most brutal and you just wouldn't like watch it like any any other time um did that fit for me? It didn't feel unrealistic, but I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it. Did it? How did you feel about? I suppose that's just the general element of the film. But how did you feel about that in terms of whether you like? I don't know whether you thought it would happen or whether there's the there's the there's the idea of five or six or seven guys going to find one guy, and I think maybe mm-hmm. that was just a little bit like. Mm, yeah, all right, this may have happened, and, and I understand the justification. I suppose, like the soldiers are saying on their journey, like, but why is why is that, is that in their lives equivalent to I what? Think, I think um, because of the, the, the confusion it throws up and the kind of, why are we putting our life on the line for one guy? Because mm-hmm. on their way, they lose... Well, they lose a couple on the way, and then when they then when they find him, then they have the kind of like the 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 final showdown, I guess, of the film. It is it, kind of what it is in the film, um, where they kind of almost try and trap the Germans. Uh, well, they, they 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 try and get them to to come across a bridge so they can blow the bridge up. I guess that that's right, isn't it? That is right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but I, I think kind of this this way of telling the story is essential in terms of you want to you want to paint the, the the horrors of the war, which they do in the first twenty minutes, but then you also want to humanize the soldiers, which they do then throughout the film, having the small you know kind of group of uh, of soldiers that that go to find Ryan. So you have to have a story to follow. And then you have, but it, but the story has to be something that will throw up dilemmas and will question kind of your morality and and kind of what you're willing to do to do to, to save a stranger, which is which is, you know, considering what is at stake anyway where they are, you know, that they've come to, you know, eradicate the Nazis, not to save one American soldier. Mm. So it, it it is interesting, and it does throw up a lot of a lot of uh, questions about what you are willing to do for the cause. But at the same time, they end up getting to a position near the end, uh, the end of the film where 
you know they are actually almost in a kind of on on the way they they meet the the germans who are kind of set in there they're, they're kind of camped near some uh what, what would you call it i don't know what you'd call it i'm not very technical on the on all on, on the old war terms the the bunker scene where they have to the bunker get past scene the bunker, yes. yeah, yeah yeah so they could just go around it but um but they don't they decide that you know we're here to win the war so let's mm-hmm. go and kill these germans by the way let's just sidetrack for a second because in that scene uh the death of uh, medic wade i have to say is absolutely yeah, horrible that, it's 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 really really up. horrible it yeah. really upset me it's not very nice at all and i understand that that happens yeah. so it's really important to put it to put things like that in but it's not very nice it's it it's the most horrible thing i've watched in a while um i didn't like it and it made me really upset yeah. <laughs> and it's so, like honestly they're all how he's bleeding out and they're all kind of on him and yeah. and and he scream he's screaming for his mum that's what makes that makes me so upset it's yeah, just, it was, it, that is that is really upsetting actually it's something i had i thought that exactly when i was watching the movie the first time um and you know when he's asking just for more morphine and more morphine and and, and captain miller tom hanks obviously knows this is going south and he's just like yeah just give him all the morphine because you know you know he's just he's gonna feel this forever if so and then obviously he dies Mm-hmm. Um, that is, yeah, man. That is a freaking heavy scene, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's one of those. But, um, I just want to jump in. It's one of those that I think this is once again. This is like the big Spielberg love in podcast, but it's once again why he's so good is because you could have a war film that is just doom and gloom and yeah. you know horrible. And there you go, you've portrayed war in two hours. Well done. Pat on the back, here's your Oscar. Instead, what he does is he kind of. He peppers, he peppers in moments of like, kind of love and warmth and yeah. the camaraderie of these men there. That's what it is, yeah. And you see this group who, I think they're all kind of, at first you're kind of like, I don't, well, at least it was your first take. I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but like, you're not really sold on them. And as this the kind of impromptu road movie happens in front of you, they bond and they bond over certain things. And that's all kind of exemplified from the character of Upham, who's like this, kind of scrawny, wants to write about the war, but doesn't want to be involved in it. He's a medic and that's a kind of thing. But he can translate, so he comes along. With them. Yeah. And his progression through the whole film is why it's an anti-war film. And there's a bit later on that I want to talk about because I think it's my favourite part of the movie and it's why Spielberg's a fucking genius again. But that moment of Wade dying and you see everyone and there's a shot, kind of um, bird's eye view, almost God shot, of them all putting their hands on his on his bullet wounds is oh man that that fucked me up that yeah. like like I I mean I've watched quite a lot of war films I don't love them I love Spielberg but just, my God what what I really want to touch on excuse Liam kind of I don't know this whole chat probably but Liam definitely when he said something earlier and I can't even really remember what it is but I think it's talking about the, this when I said about the story you know whether it was believable like la la la. I suppose actually what I realized when Liam was chatting was actually like, as long as it's not entirely unbelievable, it's, it, it is a film and it's it, yeah. messages that Spielberg is trying to get across and there's war at the beginning and war at the end. So it's very obviously a war film, mm. but actually what you get from being, it being really brutal at the beginning to like, yeah, let's say an hour and a half, an hour and 40 of like traveling and yeah, there's war intermittently throughout it. But that traveling 
which takes you to the last battle scene, which obviously is, is, is brutal. It's you're getting to know the people along the way and then you're getting to know them and then some of them are getting killed and then that's gutting. And you almost like, well, you almost know, I can't remember, I can't, the guy who was from out then, the medic, who got shot. Like, yeah. it's, it, you feel, I imagine you feel as much as you can as a movie watcher what it was like to be a soldier because like basically you're just one day you're having a battle, yeah, and you might get out of that battle but just the war's just not over and then like mm-hmm. the day after you might be asked to do something which seems, uh, quotations, relatively safe going to travel and to find someone but your best, one of your mates might just fucking die or the fella you're relying on if you get shot to help you, the medic might just get mm-hmm. shot and then you're in the middle of France fucked. And yeah. and, you, and it makes you feel like fuck because I thought like fucking hell that's a medic like arguably the one fella you don't want to get shot like and die he's yeah. been fucking shot and died he can't help well, himself so like it takes you, it takes you all the way through with, and gives you that emotional grounding and so obviously the end scene the last thing that kind of happens the sort of big thing that happens in the film you feel quite heavily and and it, and I'm glad I asked that and I'm glad that Liam gave that answer because it, I suppose it kind of just helps you figure out the film a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's one thing that I didn't really like a story yeah. element, and it is um, following the scene, uh, the bunker scene that uh, I just spoke about, where um, there is one German left, there's one German survivor, and uh, they they, they want to kill him, but um, Upham decide, oh, kind of tries to convince the, the rest of the guys to let him go. He's he's the only one one of the bunch that can speak German, so he's speaking to him. They're making him the German dig his own grave, and he's like, he, he's there, just saying loads of uh, American words, just words like Betty Boop, and like stuff yeah. like that. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. in, in in his desperation to 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 try and kind of get some kind of connection between him and uh, him and the Americans, then they blindfold him and set him on his way, and you just know, you know, it's obvious that it's going to come and bite them in the ass, and it does, and he's with. Uh, he's with the German fleet at the end yeah. that you know that bombards uh, bombards kind of uh, that the American guys who have who are now with Ryan mm-hmm. the only thing that was the only thing that did surprise me actually which I, I, I forgot about completely is that Upham just shoots him at the end because obviously he's got all this kind of anger that it was kind of he probably blames himself for letting very, him go. Very Peter Parker, isn't it? Let's, let's he's really strange as well. That's a robber go and then end that's, up. That's, that's my favourite bit in the movie, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what I don't like about that moment is that one second he's, you know, he's cowering for the, uh, like the whole half an hour of that final scene, the mm-hmm. final kind of encounter. He's cowering and cowering, cowering, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, it just didn't seem... It didn't seem a natural progression from where he was curled up on the floor yeah. to then standing up brave and like not even shaking or anything and confronting what five or six Germans and he one guy who mm. was previously on the floor shaking, shit yeah. his pants, and then he just shoots the guy that he, he let go. I don't know, it just seemed a little bit forced for me, that story element of it. And it's think- like one thing I didn't really like. I'd be up and by the way, I would be a little oh, bit same. I could 100% not. same. I would, but I, just I, also, I also hated him. I just, yeah, I also hated really? him. Really? He, yeah, he, he was my standout. Him and uh, Horvath, who is played by Tom Sizemore, um, who's kind of like the second in command. 
yeah, oh, yeah he he's awesome he is fucking awesome and he's in a, he's one of those actors that pop up in everything and he doesn't get enough credit I love so those, big yeah. up tom sizemore i, love I don't like i don't like upham but only because uh he's in lost and i really don't like him in lost <laughs> uh, it's just just it's just a me thing really i yeah. think he's perfectly fine in this but i just don't like him in lost at all so i, 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 think, I just kind um, of carried that over to this um, so let's. Um, I yeah. I just I just don't like it for multiple reasons. But anyway, we can come off that. So what I want to do is um, we'll we'll kind of progress over to the performances. But I think there's an overlapping situation here. So obviously we haven't really spoke about like the collecting of Ryan, um, mm-hmm. but I think that was perfect to talk about in relation to the performances because some of the dilemmas that you get about uh, the team wanting to or not wanting to go or feeling like their life is worth less than this one guy and then understanding what it's all about i don't think you can separate those two things almost like the second half of the, or like their middle yeah i don't know three quarter like you can't yeah. separate that from the performances because you I, I think with a with a less i don't know the word charismatic but definitely with a less commanding set of actors you wouldn't I don't know. I don't know if you necessarily feel that or understand some of the emotions about that. And I've just mm-hmm. thought if we could talk about like this, the, the performances of, I suppose, the squadron or the team or have been sent on the mission in relation to like also how you felt about them going to collect this guy called Ryan. Because I, I didn't see it necessarily as like you're putting these guys' lives on the line. I understood it from the higher up perspective of like it's a good thing to just do and go and collect. It's a noble thing to like try and bring a yeah. bit of light to this woman's life who's literally just had three of her, her sons killed. And then you've also got the opposing, opposing idea where, yeah, Ryan's really upset when he finds out. But then he's like, well, okay, some of my brothers have died, but I've made new brothers here and I'm going to have to go and leave them. And like, but you've got all these emotions that are like firing at you different directions and you just wouldn't, I don't think you'd feel as close to any of the emotions or any of the people as you would if they didn't have a really like, well-knit group mm-hmm. of not just soldiers but like actors who are playing them as well um so i think let's just kind of talk about that for like maybe five minutes mm-hmm. i think um i think it's all it's all about that core group and then yeah, you do they- have like the odds you know, like ted danson pops up as a commanding officer in one part and Paul Giamatti pops up and you have brian cranston playing an official like spielberg has this eye i think for casting people in in the right time and for the right era of the movie that the trauma that he's trying to make. And I think there was a story that came out about how he had cast Matt Damon before a year or two before, maybe a year before the film actually came out and, or began shooting, sorry. And in that time, Goodwill Hunting came out and Matt Damon blew up as this incredible, you know, prodigy, soon to be blockbuster megastar or whatever. So he kind of cast Matt Damon as like the all-American guy, but didn't think, you know, he would know who he is. And then Goodwill Hunting comes out and he's like the face of American cinema, basically. Um, so it's kind of mad that, that you, for your first take, didn't know that Matt Damon was yeah, <laughs> Ryan. It was, but it was, I really like that, though, because like not the feeling is similar, but it's in completely different ways. Whereas like knowing Matt Damon through 20, 20, 25 years of just knowing Matt Damon and him being like, you know, you, you say name five American actors, male actors, yeah. you, you're going to pick him probably. And the way I feel like we're, and this, sorry, this is completely off kilter and people are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But in the same way that like 
Drew Barrymore is at the very beginning of Scream. And if you were to watch Scream now, you'd be like, oh, she's the main actor, obviously. Yeah. And then yeah. she just gets killed within a minute. And you're almost like, what the fuck? That was Drew Barrymore. And like, how did I not know that she wasn't me? And all this stuff. Whereas like, and it, it was really nice to, there's not many secrets in film anymore. So for me to be like, almost like, is that Matt Damon? Or is it a guy who looks a lot like Matt Damon? Yeah. It's like, Especially like 25 this. years later, almost. Yeah, right? yeah, it was sick. But uh, yeah. You're right about the camaraderie is like, that's the best. It's a film about what it's like to be a, a soldier and like a brother in many different ways in the war, isn't it? Can I, can I ask a question then? Because yeah. I feel like we could go on about all these different character moments and the, the, the band of brothers, as you, if you want to call it that. But I want to know, is there like a, a specific moment, a bonded moment between characters that you really like? Because there's obviously like, there's so many moments, big moments. Everyone almost gets like a a monologue to fucking camera mm. almost, you know yeah. what I mean? But I, my favorite one is the, is when they're looking through the tags and you can yeah. see everyone's kind of having a laugh with it. And it's yeah. like, and then Wade comes over just before his scene that you talked about earlier, Liam, and he's like, you're going through these like they're fucking poker chips. And even Tom yeah. Hanks' character is involved in it. Yeah. While a whole, you know, like the first Airborne or whatever walked past them and I was like, oh wow. Mm. So yeah. many little moments that give everyone like a, you know their character in a moment. I um, I, I really like. Obvi- obviously, we know that Spielberg and Hanks have a have a great relationship, and so obviously, uh, he's going to nail his character, and Every I think time. he does. There's a, there's a couple. I think one one of the. It, it's not really subtle, to be fair, but um, the kind of tremors that he suffers with his right hand shaking. Um, you know, they keep alluding to it. You know, you keep seeing it and seeing it and seeing it, and then the final shot of him when he's dead and it's just a shot of his, his hand that's still now he stopped yeah. shaking oh. and it's almost like he stopped, he's kind of stopped suffering the war. Now he's almost at peace. Um, really, really heartbreaking, but as well in terms of kind of character development, you know, obviously at first he is, he is this kind of almost mysterious figure and he doesn't let on to kind of, you know, who he is or what he's about because he want, just wants to be kind of not he doesn't want to be humanized by his uh by his troops yeah he he wants to kind of just be more of a almost like a robot soldier just do that uh, i'm here to do a job follow my orders we do this 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 and this mm. but it, it is when again going back to that uh the bunker the german bunker scene um when they are about to, uh, they're they're arguing about killing this German, and then he just out of nowhere just starts telling them about his life, which yeah. he's promised them. He's promised them. I think they have a bet, you know, when they get up to, to, to <laughs> you can get it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's when they get up to a certain amount, he's allowed to tell them, you know, aspects of his life, and he starts telling them that he's a teacher, and you know that in itself, you know, is is quite. You know, he teaches children and now he's here doing this. Yeah. I mean, that kind of contrast is kind of That's a great really, yeah, That's it, a great pick as well. That's a really good pick. That, that's my, that, w- that would have been my pick, yeah. I just yeah. like that him opening up slightly about being the teacher where he says, like, I'll just do anything just to get home. Like, we're doing this, mm. yeah. Mm. But, and, and I think it comes from an aspect of where, like, actually some of the other guys were a little bit younger. And, like, I do think there's a thing there about younger people, um maybe not understanding the gravity of war and like mm. 
the government especially glamorize like and this is going into it a bit much but glamorizing it and then like young people going like oh yeah i'll join the army it'd be really good i'll have loads of battles when actually the, the end game is just get out of here like, if i can just go home to my wife then that's fucking job to good isn't it um so I, and i just like the fact that he's like yeah, i was a teacher la, 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 and you just think like fucking hell like you know it's not he's not doing like he's, he's not he's not in the army and then they go to war and he's in the yeah. army because he's been in the army. He's like, he was a teacher and he got drafted. And these people are just, you know, we've got the daft thing to say. We've got teachers now. And you can think back and like, think about the teachers that you had in school. And you're like, fuck me. Like, imagine, imagine Mr. Mabin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, Mr. Mabin, you were one of my favorite teachers. Thank you. Yeah. Mine would have been Mr. Tyre in year six. Being like, fucking this big beardy fellow's going to go to war. Um, but I think what I want to, so, so what we'll do is we'll like, we will slow, we'll talk a bit more about performance and particularly just something I want to mention about Tom Hanks. Um, mm. And then we'll just talk about some of the technical stuff, which I'll probably leave you guys to talk about because I just fucking, especially on your first take, but it could have been my 10th take. And I yeah. Yeah. Notice anything, but, I just want to. I just want to talk about two things with Tom Hanks. So, firstly, my my general question is: he's not as a, as a name in Hollywood. He's not underrated. Like everyone knows who Tom Hanks is, and and, and most people like him. Like he's not an unlikable. You know, he, he's a like really likable guy. Yeah. Um, but I can't escape from the feeling that I just kind of think he's like a little bit underrated as like an actual actor. So like people know him as Tom Hanks. They know him as lovely. They know he's in loads of famous films you know probably they know him in like toy story and stuff and like yeah they know who he is and stuff but i do really think that actually like if you look at some of the films he's been in he's he's a brilliant actor and i think people don't actually necessarily go like he's a great actor they go kind of like he's a great name mm. um or, did you agree with me or do you kind of think maybe that is just from my perspective i think i do agree with you people have there's a there's a weird comparison between um Spielberg and Hanks and Hitchcock and Jimmy Stewart um, and people mm. say that like when Hitchcock wanted like um, like the everyman kind of once again face of America almost Jimmy Stewart was the guy he'd cast mm. and it almost feels like you know X amount of years down the line this is Tom this is Tom Hanks now That's interesting. I think that does a bit of a disservice to Tom Hanks because he's Tom Hanks he's not Jimmy Stewart too you know what I mean yeah. um, but he plays a similar role and everyone associates him as this kind of all-American, flag-waving, good guy. If you can believe in one person, you can believe in Tom Hanks. It goes back to that, that scene in the Simpsons movie, doesn't it? Where yes, it's like, yeah, it fully yeah. does. The US, the US government were looking, uh, yeah. didn't have enough of their own credibility, so they're looking to high mine instead. Yeah, and yeah. you see, you kind of see a little bit more here where he's, he's talking about the man he's lost, and he says, you know how many men I've lost? And before the guy can make a guess, he says, 93. And you're like, oh, shit. And he talks about, like, if I have to do this just to get home and see my wife, then I'll do it. And I'm like, wow. And But you believe every second of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Because he, think... he is this kind of, just to say, he is this kind of commanding figure anyway, mm. in terms of screen presence and star name. But in this situation, he's such a versatile actor that you almost, you believe, you believe that he was a teacher, but you also believe that the effects of war can have that effect on someone yeah, yeah, as good sure. as Tom Hanks. Do you want to jump in, Liam? Yeah, I think... The issue with Tom Hanks, it's not, it's not his fault, but every film he's in, it's, oh, that's Tom Hanks. It's not, it's not like Daniel Day-Lewis becoming, like he becomes yeah. the person. It's, I, whenever I watch a Tom Hanks film, I will think about Tom Hanks before I think about the character he's playing. 
Mm, Whereas like yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, I know it's an obvious comparison, but Daniel Day-Lewis, I don't think about Daniel Day-Lewis. I think about the character he's playing. And I think it's just, it's just that thing where Tom Hanks, he's so distinct. He's such a distinct voice, such a distinct face. Mm. And it's always hard to distinguish. And he does play similar characters. Um, so it is hard sometimes to distinguish kind of Tom Hanks from the person he is playing, yeah. um, which I think why, which I think is why with Spielberg, he does use him to his advantage because he uses him when he needs someone that is kind of brave and just and kind of, oh, yeah. as you said, kind of the all-American guy. I think like my favorite performance of his with Spielberg is The Post, which I think is a highly underrated film. I think it's yeah, a fucking it's amazing so film. Um, he's great in that. He's really great in that, uh, as is Meryl Streep. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they are, their working relationship is tight. And mm. he, Spielberg knows when to use him. Like he could very well just cast him in everything. And I'm sure Tom yeah. Hanks would just... You know, well, it, yeah, jump for the chance, but on that as well, he could also cast anyone as well. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, when you've got someone who's two people who are so successful, they can largely pick their projects. I think it goes back to like Spielberg could pick anybody. Just I suppose, like in a way, with like Scorsese leans on like let's say DiCaprio for some of his later movies, but like all the other, like it's like I want a specific thing, and you're going to deliver that thing because you're yeah. really good. And I'm everyone gonna, has their guy yeah. or yeah. or a girl for yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. My I think um, my thing on 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 Hanks is that like he's not afraid to do quite, or he's not been afraid to do films, whether that's in easy to say in hindsight that are like quite mainstream. And I actually, I I, I, I like that where it's like. He's done a lot of film, like he's, he's earned his stripes. He's done a lot of films that are like are grounded in seriousness. And then also he can go and do like a, a fourth Toy Story film because it's just like, yeah, we already know that you're sick. And if you're choosing that, then choosing that, that's great. Yeah. I want to just read out a little. So I like, I do this sometimes. And I think we spoke about it previously where like the run that like actors or directors will go on. And there's a discussion about like the best four film run of like a director. I think we had this maybe on the podcast where you'll be we like have. these amazing four films that this guy's done in the space of eight years or whatever. And I just kind of think like in the early nineties, like Jesus Christ. So there's like Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13 and Toy Story in a row. Like that is apart from the fact that that's like up and down in terms of genres. That's yeah. such a good fucking five films. Yeah, and then after, and then you've got that thing you do, which I've never seen he directs and wrote it. And and then after that you've got Saving Private Ryan. So like actually, five out of six above six out of seven is fucking. Yeah. You know, um, I was uh, I was looking at uh, Spielberg's filmography as well, and I, this might be a bit of a hot take, but I think there's an argument to be made that this uh, Saving Private Ryan is his last great film, like great film. Mm, interesting. Because if you think after that, maybe yeah. Uh, uh, since then, I think he's done. Uh, Minority Report, The Post, obviously, which is amazing, um, but it's not like a, it's not a magnificent, gigantic, great, yeah. is it? Like, like Private Ryan, like you know how Schindler's List was huge and important and kind of groundbreaking, and then you've got Jurassic Park, which is just kind of like incredible. Perfect, you yeah. E.T., Jaws, you know, Indiana Jones. But like since then, since 1998, he's got uh, Ready Player One, Indiana Jones 4, which we just shouldn't speak about. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Minority Report. There is uh, one cat, that I catch think. Me if you can, I, I wonder think. if I was going to say Catch Me If You Can is a great catch one. Catch Me If You Can is a look belter. Yeah. It is a belter. And I agree, you will look back. And there's one that I think people will hopefully look back on in 20 years and think, actually, this film is is really impressive. And it's um, Rage of Spies. It oh, is wow. so good. I haven't watched it, but I, I might watch it today. And if you, it's the Tom Hanks Spielberg mm. collab, but Tom Hanks isn't the main guy in it. No, he Mark is, Rylance. Is, Mark Rylance is the main guy. Tom Hanks is the leading actor, but I'm telling you, the performance between those three and how they all work together is like, uh, uh, whatever age they are, is jaw-droppingly good, mm. genuinely. To um, be honest as well, like the, the last film uh, he's actually directed, which surprised me, was Ready Player One, which I saw uh, in like IMAX 3D, right? And I, I shit you not, I know the film isn't maybe well received, uh, but it's the most fun I've had in cinema yeah, it's good in yeah. years. Like mm-hmm. honestly, in IMAX 3D, and they, he he has this kind of a recreation uh, of the Shining scene within the film, which is amazing. It's brilliant. I really, really enjoy that film, and that's kind of the first time in a while where he's kind of gone back to his kind of like his films or for like for kids, young adults. And yeah. I think it just kind of, he, he nails it really. Um, but, sorry, I go ahead, mate. Sorry. No, go on, go on, Luke. I, I no. don't have anything really good to say. Oh. To be honest. <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, well, I, I, we'll move on to technical stuff. Cause I just want to, and I want to round that up quite quickly because I know we're just going on a little bit, which is fine because there's just lots to talk about. I think the link between, um, the internet being popularised and us considering Spielberg doing a last great film or anyone doing a last great film is linked quite starkly because there, were, there was mysteries before the internet. There was things that you didn't know about. You couldn't just Google a film and find out what was going on. And I just think, like, I name a great film, though. You can't really name a great film from the last 20 years just because, like, hey, great films aren't for us to decide. They're for the next generation to decide so next generation maybe like oh avatar is absolutely groundbreaking i imagine people may look back at like endgame but more for like the buzz that it created than necessarily the film even though i think the film's great but you, I, I honestly just don't think you can look back and be like oh yeah that's a great film because if you look at any film yeah you can go you know we all have our opinions on different genre films or whatever it might be and whiplash for example will probably you know people love that but the films you're talking about, Jaws, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, they are like, they're films that are bigger than just discussing them. They are like in the ether of like pop culture. Pop culture just basically doesn't exist anymore really because the internet exists. And I think that's linked quite tightly. The only, I think it's not even a, it's not even a disagreement. It's more just an addition to your point as well. There's all those films have legacy now. Mm, yeah. Every we're in this thing where a new film comes out. It's almost like the One Division talk earlier, where, well, before COVID, anyway, new films were coming out every fucking week. So you're just constantly consuming yeah. and devouring, and nothing really has a chance to sit with you. So those that do sit with you, you'll remember them in X yeah. amount of years. But in two years, like two years is too short of a span to say this is this is an incredible great film. This will be held up. You know, you, you, we can't tell yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing, though, it, to kind of caveat, to jump back on that Ready Player One thing, it's the film I haven't seen, but all the praise of Spielberg's direction and how he still got this energy and, and, and you know, almost tactileness as a director. 
it can almost you can almost trace it back to Saving Private Ryan because it's such a visceral film because of the the technical aspects of it. Mm. Everything is almost working in 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 synchronicity where you have these incredible like overhead and really wide angle shots that make it that you know you get the vast expanse of war and the large scale and like destruction that happens. But you also have these really small intimate moments that are kind of cut through there. And that's just really, really good edit. And knowing when to slow the, the pace down to you know bring it back up yeah. twice as quick is really, really clever. And you can like it almost feels redundant to praise Spielberg's direction because he is probably the greatest American storyteller that we've ever seen, ever. Um, but one thing I really love about him is that he kind of does... You, I, I disagree with what you said earlier. Where you, I think you can look at a Spielberg film and you know it's Spielberg. There's something, about, yeah. there's something about like the texture of his films. So you can almost feel them. You can almost feel warm in them. And this yeah. film is not that. You, you don't feel welcomed unless you're in the moments where they're discussing the Edith Piaf song that comes on and Matt Damon's talking about his brothers and this story they had the night oh, before yeah, he shipped a, out. That's such a lovely scene that, isn't it? It's so good. It's so good. And he just knows when to, when to leave a scene running too long and when to cut it a bit short. And that, you know, once again, everything all works together, like Tom Hanks' performance in there. And he has this line where he says, I think they say, um, Matt Damon's character, Ryan asks, Will you tell me about your wife printing those roses? And he says, nah, I don't think I will. I, that's so good. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of, that sums up Spielberg in general for me, where it's like, you know all the backstory is implied, but he doesn't have to tell it. You know the characters, you know the story, you feel welcomed. He's awesome. Yeah. Did Endgame copy that then, do you think? You know, with the moment with uh, Captain yeah. America at the end. Maybe. Why have we brought no, Endgame no, back into this? No, because I thought that last night when he's like, "No, I don't think I will," because he says exactly the same thing in that. It's like, maybe. no, I don't think, when he's asked about when he's asked about his misses, he's like, yeah, "No, maybe. I don't think I will." And it's I good. It's a good, I, it's a good moment. Both, both soldiers. Um, so let's <laughs> like we've had a little bit of a chat on the technical stuff, and I, I kind of actually just want to cut it a little bit short just because we're going on a little bit. But what I'll do is instead just let's just do an any other business thing, and like, is there anything that we just didn't say that you're like kind of burning to say? Um, this film is made 20 times better and the legacy will be made even more great in years to come because it was shot on 35mm film. Okay. It looks so good. It still looks amazing and I watched yeah. it I watched it twice for this podcast. I'm watching it last night. I was kind of just blown away by how modern it looks. Yeah. yeah. yeah, it, does, it, does, yeah. it does look modern, it. yeah. It's, and, and what you say before about Spielberg, um, like, notice, like you can tell if you watch a film all the way through, you could probably tell from the warmth. But what I more meant was like unique. Just yeah, it's less stylized. Where you could less... almost watch a scene and be like that, like that's that thing, right? Let's say for yeah, example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you could watch, yeah, you could watch a Spielberg movie, and the warmth would get you, and that like kind mm. of glow of like family friendly. Mm. Obviously, this isn't necessarily family friendly, but yeah so so that's more what i meant but um yeah Lily, is there anything you want to touch on my mate i just i think it's interesting that we've not even mentioned john williams score because oh, like yeah. john williams is a legend and I, a I legend. Think, to be fair, the score is very subtle in this in this film to be fair it's not in your face and i think that helps and it it, it is kind of it does you know accompany what, what we're seeing on, on screen quite well to be honest and um it was um, speaking of the, the the cinematography. It was uh, Janusz Kaminski, isn't it? Is that his name? 
I think he won the Oscar for this. I think he won an Oscar for Schindler's List as well. I think his, his eye for a shot is, is incredible. It's isn't remarkable, it, really? yeah. Um, as well, um, just, just, just because I, I'd, I'd like to be a dick. But there is um, a connection um, with this film and the MCU. Do, oh, do, do you know what oh. it is? Do you know what it is? I, you know what? I love the MCU and I just don't really care. But what is it? I'm, I'm quite intrigued. Robert Rodat, Robert Rodat, he wrote this film. The yeah. sole, he, he's, you know, he's credited as a sole writer of this film. He wrote Thor: The Dark World. Wow, what a what a fall from grace! I like, I, like <laughs> Thor, I like Thor. I like Thor. I like Thor: Dark World, but I feel like that's interesting. That's pretty good, actually. You know what? I I thought it was going to be like some fucking sign yeah, there, but you know what? About, I thought it was going to be about content less than that. Quite I'm into that, bit. Liam. That was no, good. no, no, was no, no. It was I, I, you know, it was. It was you correct. I don't. I don't waste your time. <laughs> what I want to just so I've got my notes here and there's nothing. I'm just going to read them, read a couple of them out. I really like the. I really this is what I wrote and clearly forgot all about it. Where he's <laughs> the talk, where they're talking about gripes and he says like gripes go up, they don't go down. That's why you don't hear any of my gripes. I really yeah. like that and I don't really know why. And I wonder it's because I just don't hear the word gripes very often. Um, and I like the scene where there's the Jewish soldier uh, in in the ranks. Joe in the Nazis, and he's like saying like, oh, "Yeah, and Jew or whatever." Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just thought that was like, I like that, that too. The, the, the temperament of that character, you can just imagine him doing that. Um, cool. So what we what what we'll do is, yeah, sorry, we'll do popcorns. Of course, we'll do popcorns. Um, so my popcorns for my first take, um, I think I gave it seventy nine. I think I gave it the other day. I'm going to go with that. As the first take, you know, certainly I imagine if I watched it, it probably would bump up a bit, but 79. Um, Liam, what's your popcorns for Saving Private Ryan? I'm going to go for 81. 81 okay. popcorns. Fair play. And uh, yourself, Connor? I also had written down 81. And I just don't want to change it because it's quite nice that we we have the same one. We're in I the, think it's, we're in it's deserved of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's just time now uh, for a few little admin details and to tell you about what next week's movie is going to be. So next week, we just had to actually literally just stop the podcast to decide because we all have like a few different ideas. Um, but we decided upon uh, Face Off, um, which is a film that I honestly haven't seen probably for about, tw- like about 20 years. I watched it like fully in the 90s when I was like a young whippersnapper. Um, and like, I think it's just one of these big, like, it's just a larger than life, movie that we kind of thought you know what actually we can probably all get behind this and watch and like have a have a bit of a laugh over it poke some fun at and enjoy so we're going with face off uh, it's travolta and nicholas cage isn't it it uh, is my friend yeah. that's a good couple of actors to have like in a, in, a, in a movie about removing someone's fucking face um so yeah we're going to do that um we have um we are really kind of throwing ourselves back into the pod um at the moment like and, and, and kind of going forward so we've had like a little rebrand um we've got like a new logo which my friend um emily made which is like really we're really happy with and it's really great um she's like a designer and she's designed some um pieces of work that i think some of you guys will like so we'll kind of share that on instagram as a thank you and stuff but just let us know what you think of the new logo and and, and kind of interact with us on twitter and then instagram we're on it we're on that as first take at first take pod. Um, so we're kind of just throwing up some of our ideas and, 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 and watch as we watch films, we're talking about them and stuff like that. So do get involved, please. And just tell your friends about the podcast. Um, we're really like, I think all of us are really excited just to get back into it for the new year. Um, so if you could just tell people about it, that would be really great. And if you've got any suggestions for future films, um, we're going to be having, we're going to try and widen our net 
in terms of the films we can watch. So we're gonna we're gonna try and have like kind of a, a guest a month come on, which is a new thing for us, and um, kind of like a fourth podder to um, just discuss a film we've never seen before. Um, we've already had a few different cool ideas and suggestions. So, um, but yeah, if you've got any ideas for films to watch, then do do give us a shout. And I think um, all that's left to say is uh, you know lockdown is shortly going to come to an end. So just keep yourself safe for the next few weeks. Uh, be be kind to each other and just enjoy yourself. All right, goodbye.